Good morning, Izzy Kempi for breakfast, SENZ. It's a cold old morning down here. Heat pump is roaring. Wow, <laughs> we winter is here. Get me out of here. Let's go, lads. A big good morning to you all up there in Auckland. Tamaki Makoto, Louis down here in Christchurch. He's rugged up in his hoodie, so he knows he feels the cold as well. You got Joe in the back room with Neeps. You got Aroha keeping us up to date with the news. And you got Kempi, who is himself rugged up. I never thought I'd see the day. Kempi, morena to you. Morena, babe. Yeah, no, I'm wearing a t shirt today. <laughs> like, it is. <laughs> Yeah, that's your rugged up. Uh, it is, mate. It's so cold up here at the moment. Walking out and jumping in the car this morning, it's like, oh, yep, that's it. Summer has officially called it quits and walked out the door. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's a, uh, it's a cold winter coming. I think with all the rain that we've had, Israel, and uh, I know you're cruising. Up to the that south of France to be sitting on that sunny beach up there. It's like I'm in trouble, Kimpy. I know, I know. I think Israel. I, I think you're. Yeah. Uh, wow. Well. That's, that's what my mum and my wife say. I'm trying to work out. I'm tr- well, mate. I'm, for the last month, I've been trying to work out what I can officially call you. I've always called my mates by their first name. I've got to say that. Okay. Like, um, my mum is the only person that calls me Tony. So when anyone else says Tony, I don't know who they're talking to, you know what I mean? So <laughs> I think by by your first name is probably making it official that uh, you you uh, you sort of get that... Um, you respect me now. That's right. That's what okay. I'm saying, Israel. <laughs> Israel. I actually quite okay. like that too. I actually quite like Israel. Hey, mate, what do you... I just want to... Off the, off the bat, I want to talk about the draft. Like, we've talked about it for years, and I've, I've seen that as a headline this morning. Do you think... It's about time that rugby and rugby league had a draft system. Oh, mate, I've been wanting this for years, Kimpy. You're talking for years. Ab- you're talking but- about what's going on with like, you know, the Parramatta fullback, the Sydney City centre. You know, mm. you've got a front row that you want. Is it about time that rugby and rugby league together had a draft system? I oh, totally yes. I'm all for it. A draft and even a midweek midseason trade. Absolutely keen on it. I think it'd be a, a, some a little innovation and it'd be invigorating for the for the competition. Oh, yeah, I'm dead set keen. They actually did have a draft back in the day, but it wasn't like your your ESPN draft style and everyone's thrown out there and clubs can bid and and you go through draft picks and you'll you know draft a number one. It was actually just in your region. You go on a draft. And if you're in your region, when I first made Super Rugby in 2009, there was a drafting system for your region. You could only secure uh, 20-odd players, I think it was. And I was in the Hurricanes region. I missed that draft. So I missed that uh, guaranteed selection or guaranteed draft for the Hurricanes. And so I went in the draft system, and then other unions or other franchises could go in that draft and select players from other regions. So there was it was kind of there. It was a, a smaller version of a smaller version of the draft, but they did it back in two thousand nine, two thousand ten, and then they've got rid of it. Um, I, I, I say bring it back. I, I say bring something similar back because it'll stop all this poaching chat, eh? It'll, it'll shut down the poaching chat. But I think it's something new and it's something different, and, and that's what you want. Mate, you want to bring the fans back, and how good would it be having a draft system, having workouts throughout the year? 
having coaches and, and trainers going along to these workouts, seeing who can lift what, seeing who can run how fast, you know, getting a real closer look at these athletes from behind closed doors, having it videoed, having it viewed. I think it'd be outstanding, wouldn't you? Hundred percent, hundred percent, and I and I say that because Moses um, Suali come out yesterday and said I've been moved to St George and I didn't want to go there. You know what I mean? So you've got this you've got this conversation going on at the moment where I think in the background managers and the NRL or the the New Zealand rugby are moving players around without the public knowing, and I think they should make it public. You know, like, you, like you're saying, you look at all the injuries that are going on in the competition at the moment, why not have a draft like mid-season and say, right, I've got this young up-and-coming Louis Herman Watt flanker out of Christchurch um, College and I'm going to pick him now to come and fill, fill these gaps because of injury and stuff like that. I actually thought, look, I, I agree with you. I think a draft works, but how would it work in New Zealand? You know what I mean? Like, is it between New Zealand and Australia? Is it internal? What's what's your thoughts on that? Would you actually, if they said Israel, you tomorrow we don't want you no more. We've actually traded you to, um, you know, the north of England. Away you go. You got to pick Daisy, you know, Tilly and Arlo up, and you've got to go. How would it, how would it actually work? Because that's the biggest problem with the draft is that players actually have no say in where, where they're going. I think we keep it internal. I think we keep it around the country, and but my only doubts are is well, there's a little bit of doubt on, on this because there's so much spotlight on the college rugby already, and then you're kind of amplifying that. And I know it's a bit PC, and, and people getting a bit over the top about it, but uh, you, you're casting the spotlight. If you're going to run a draft, you have to run it from a from a school age, you know, like from these kids that are potentially one year out of school. Since you have, there'd be a couple that are still involved at school, and you'd have to video them, and you'd have to go around. And I think it's a great opportunity for for rugby to pick up on it because rugby is already struggling um, to encourage players and and viewers to watch the game. We know that we've got plenty of texts coming through that are saying that. Um, so this could be another way, another opportunity for broadcasting to get in. I know they've tried it because I work for Sky, and they tried to go in and do some a similar format. But it got shut down straight away. Mm. So look, we just need to be open about this this change, and it's something that Kiwis, and particularly in the rugby region, we're not open to. We don't like change. We like the same old structures and routine that are that are coming through. And, Would you have um, gone to the Hurricanes? Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Look, I'll be <laughs> my, my brother-in-law, my sister-in-law's come through already, nice and early. Jesus, that would have been good to see you running around in black and yellow hoops. Better than that yuck red and black from Brad Yule. Um, Look, I'll be completely... I was dead set Hurricanes through and through. I wanted to be in that team. I wanted to be in that Hurricanes bus driving through Napier with uh, Captain Hurricane walking around the streets with Tano. Look, that is the team I wanted to be a part of. But it never happened, so the rest is history. And uh, I'm, I'm happy. I'm none the wiser, and I'm happier with my decision. But... Look, it's interesting, Kempi. I'd love to see this draft. I think it'll be something different. And then I'll look at these athletes from an inside point of view, see how they actually train. There's that, there, there was that little video of them in the preseason that Sky TV did. Then they got a little inkling, a little inside look to it, but it's just it's blocked from everywhere. You know, like you think the broadcasters, they, they I think they provide 
most of the wages and most of the sponsorship to all of New Zealand rugby and still they, they get limited opportunities and limited access they've been held to account. So um, I, I'm all for it. I'm all for it, Kempi. I think it's a great conversation. Let us know, double eight, double three, on the Temper Bedpost text me. We've been talking about it for years and years and years, but we still haven't got anywhere. Is that something that you would love to see? A draft at the start of the year? Put all our best players in a draft set, have our number one draft pick, number two, number three, clubs drawn out in the lottery, come through, you get number one draft pick, and Crusaders will probably get number six, because uh, that's what happens when you win. In your titles, you just go straight to the bottom. But let us know, double eight, double three, or midweek or mid-season trade from club to club. I know it's not the rugby way, but it could be something different that could, you know, just be a different point of view. So let us know on the temper bedpost text machine, double eight, double three. Kempe, big show today. What do we got coming up? Yeah, out of seven, we're going to go down to Taranaki, my hometown, and go to the Gap and talk to Al Sheik Sharok about his runners this weekend. He's got a couple coming in. Uh, I like them, actually. Seamus and uh, Tavitak. It'd be interesting to get Louis, uh, Louis' tip on that. Zach Butcher joins us uh, as well to talk about the race and what he's got coming up. And then we go to Tom Abercrombie and he's going to join us to talk about his future and obviously this big year that he's had with the Breakers. I hear that they're on the market actually, the Breakers, just quietly. Um, and whether or not there's a new owner in the next 12 months will be really, really interesting. And of course we're going to uh, take some time out and talk to the busy schedule that you've got coming up in the next month which will be in the south of France, sitting on the beach, drinking champagne. And uh, what, do, what do you like? Do you like a raw steak? Because that's what, how they cook it up there. Tell me. Oh, I'm going to go eat some snails here, Kempi. <laughs> going to go eat some snails. Look, uh, yeah, so um, this is my last day today. I'm away for, uh, for a month. I'm going to France to, to work. Going to film a TV show with one and only Beaver. Um, so today is my last day, but I'll be open over there if you want to give me a call, lads. Um, you know, give me a call through the phone lines. I'll make sure my phone's always available. But yeah, heading off it. Look, it, it sounds all nice and and fun, but it's a month away from the family and, and the kids and and routine. You know, you get out of routine, jump in a rental car with Beaver. You're traveling around the south of France for a month with Beaver. Couldn't it's probably hard think work. of anything worse. It's got to be hard work there. <laughs> <laughs> it is It is going to be pretty challenging It's going to be an awesome experience But uh, I'm going to miss being on the airways Because I absolutely love it Every single morning waking up and, and coming out here and talking about sport I'm very, very lucky and privileged So yeah, I'll shoot off for a wee month And then I'll be back to rip in to, uh, the rest, For the rest of the year So I absolutely can't wait So last show, let's make it an absolute doozy But big news yesterday, lads Severis, you announced it in the, in the news Severis is out Severus is out, uh, Kempi, Louie. He's ruled out of rugby for the remainder of the years. ACL was damaged in that Blues game. Opens the door for uh, for a vacant wing position. Look, if I'm going to be completely honest, I think that outside backs is hotly contested at the moment. Mm. And Severus' inclusion was never, ever guaranteed. There's so many players putting their hands up. But for you, this injury opens up the door. For who? Louis? Um, gee, it's a good question. It's a great question. I don't know. I hadn't thought about it. Um, <laughs> Sean Stevenson, I guess? 100%. Yep. That's Probably who the we're answer? talking about. Off yeah. the bounce. You rattle them off. You rattle them off, Kempi. 
Yeah, Sean Stevenson. Yeah, Salisi Rayasi, who's yeah, there or thereabouts. Lester Fyinganuku. Uh Mark Talia. Even throwing oh, a little yeah. AJ Lamb in there. Mm. Potentially. There is so much quality. Sean Stevenson. What I actually like the, Sean at the back. What about the depth? At fullback. The depth is huge in the outside. So like, like I'm actually at peace. I, I, I feel for Sevu. And you never want to see a player go through any sort of injury. But his loss is someone else's gain. And there are so many gains out there at the moment in terms of the outside backs. When you write off that list, it is absolutely freakish and devastating. So I'm probably leaning towards more of Sean Stevenson, but I'm actually leaning more towards him on the outside uh, at fullback. I think he's so good at fullback, and he is has to be in Ian Foster's uh, mind right now with the way he, he is playing. And with Jordan, um, Will Jordan's exclusion from the team with his head knocks, well, I'm pretty sure he's a dead-set guarantee in that position, but the wing position. When they, when they go to the World Cup, they'll take four, four potentially maybe five outside. Maybe four. If they add in a Damian McKenzie, you can cover 10 and 15. You take four. So you've got left Safiang and Naku. Has he done enough? Mark Talia, with how important he was on the end of year tour and how he's going with the Blues, has he done enough? So if you think of the outside backs, who is the dead set guaranteed outside back we have right now? Sean Stevenson, 100%. Mark <laughs> Talia, honestly, is Apart playing. Apart from Sean Stevenson. Oh, Mark Talia. You yep. have to. You ha- Did you watch that game last week? Like he's got spiders mm. on him. No one, no one can touch him at the moment. The way he's, he's, uh, he's attacking. You have to have him in the picture. Where, um, if you're heading up to that northern hemisphere at the end of the year, it's. I know, look, I know it's it's bad. Um, it's bad luck for Sevu and and what's happened, but you know, um, it's an opportunity, and I think. What this does for the All Black selectors is it really defines who they need to look at, because do, yeah. doesn't it? When you think about it, Sean Stevenson has been knocking on the door, can play, like dead set can play both codes. I think he'd make a great rugby league player, but Mark <laughs> Talia this year, honestly, has jumped out, like he's is he like Animo? He's five links in front of every other winger. <laughs> he's very, very slim. So here's our guaranteed. So here's, here's your guaranteed uh, position, the incumbent winger. You build your team around him. Louis, for you, who is the dead set certainty in that outside back? I think I think Kempe's actually right because, mm. you know, weirdly, it, it doesn't feel like it should be, but I actually think Mark Talea now mm. in the current landscape because – Sevu Reese is gone, and you don't know what's going to go on with Geordie Barrett. Uh, like, mm. is I, I don't know. I can't, couldn't. If you put a gun to my head and said, "What? What? Where are they going to play Geordie Barrett?" I still don't know. I think mm. it'll be second five eight. But then, what happens if you know Jack Goodhue and Anton Leonard Brown find vintage form before the World Cup? You know, like where, where are they going to? What are they going to do with the centres? Which so so I actually think with that much uncertainty around everything else, the only pl- the only position that is nailed in right now with Severis's injury and Will Jordan's situation, I don't think Sean Stevenson walks straight into fullback. But I think Mark Talia is his starting fourteen, and and that is quite a bizarre place to be in because three mo- uh, four or five months ago you would never have said that. Mm. 
Yep, totally agree. Mark Talao for me. I think if Will Jordan continues with his head knocks, I think Sean Stevenson will get a start in the first test if he continues this form. I think Geordie Barrett in the other sites is a 12, and that's his position. And if I'm going to pick an outside centre that is outside, you've got Rico, you got Jack Goodhue. If Jack Goodhue is fit, I'd probably head up towards down the, the Jack Goodhue mould, having him in the centre role. And then that leaves the door open for Rico Iwani to potentially move to the left wing. And left wing is a place, a position that he has played a ton of, and he knows how to play that position. And it's some, a position I actually find him more devastating in. Um, but then that's obviously Lestifying and Niku's op- opportunity there, who has been in fine form. So it's a debate that could go on for a very, very long time. <laughs> and uh, look, uh, the, it's, it's great. We're at the situation where we're thinking outside backs. Well, we're traditionally always been so good. We've had talent oozing out of the outside backs. And right now we're at that situation. Double eight, double three. Who is your certainty in the outside backs position? Let us know on the temper bedpost text machine. Double eight, double three. It is now 21 past six and it's time for this. Can't wait question of the day. Yeah, well, similar situation, really, with so much uncertainty and so many candidates over the last wee while. But this weekend, probably the blockbusting, blockbuster game of union anywhere in the world is the Chiefs versus the Blues. And we kind of get a good hard look at the Blues here to see if they are pretenders or if they are able to step up and go, you know, put themselves right up there as, no, we're going to go back to the grand final. Um, Dalton, Sam Kane. A question for you guys is, who is our premier open side flanker today before this game is played? And it sounds a bit crazy because one of them's the all-black captain. But the reality is, he was out of form last year, and Dalton properly he wasn't. And he's back in form this year, but he's also on the other side of 30. And then you've got another guy, Adi Savia, down the country. So who is our premier open side flanker as it stands today? Tom Christie. No, just joking. <laughs> just joking. He's been going good. He's been going very, very good for the Crusaders. Love it. Can't wait. Question of Jordy Barrett. Kane's taking <laughs> on. Uh, Sam Kane v Papali'i this weekend. The Battle of the Bombays. What a game. An absolute derby to get your grips on over the weekend. Let us know who is the country's premier open side flanker. As it stands today, we'll shoot off and come back and get some reaction from us. And you out there in the public that are listening on SENZ. You're listening to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse, the real house of fragrance. Can Super Rugby, a big weekend for the Battle of the Bombays. A derby weekend ahead. Blues v Chiefs, Kane v Papa Lee. Who is the country's premier open side flanker as it stands today? And Chris has come through. Morning, lads. With my patch on, I believe Matt Todd even now would run rings around those boys. Toddy's back in the country too. Great to see Toddy. I patch off. I think Sam Kane has found some really good form and is looking more like the Sam Kane of old. So would be starting him at seven. That is from Cam. And I totally agree with you, Cam. I think Sammy Kane is our incumbent and I think he is in absolutely outstanding form. He's injury free. That is so good to see. And when Sammy's injury free and he can be able to play it free will, free spirited, he's very devastating. So for me, it has to be Sam Kane in that position and uh, he'll be our Potentially, he'll be our captain later on in the year as well. For you lads, Kempi, start with you. What ha- what's happened to our big number eights, Izzy? 
You remember when we were at school and the biggest player in our team was the number eight? You know, look, he picked up the ball from the back of the scrum and just beat people up. If you tried to if you tried to tackle him, he'd give you a hiding. And if you tried to run around the side of the scrum, he'd give you a hiding. You know who my best number seven is? Artie Severe. Who? Artie Severe by a by a country mile is our best number seven. And the reason why he's our best number seven, because I don't think we've got a number eight like Buck Shelford that used to beat you up when you come around the side of the scrum. Love it. So you've gone Artie Savia to play seven, so that leaves the door open for an eight and a six. For you, Louis? Yeah, well, Kempi and me reading off the same Google Doc today. I was word for word. That's exactly right. Uh, completely, completely agree. I think Artie Savia is head and shoulders the best open side in the country in our Premier Seven. Could, I, could, you, I, could you imagine that, Louis, that Artie Sevilla played number seven? Like, in the world today, given the given the fact how Artie is playing, if he was number seven, he'd be in the same realm as Richie McCaw in my books. But because I, he's I, playing number eight, he's getting, you know, he's getting, I guess, mixed messages. It's a great point. Like, Artie Sevilla is going to go down as one of the great All Blacks to have a very strange career because he probably didn't get a chance to be as great as he could have. And just as he started hitting the peak, the peakness of his powers, he got moved because a captain also played his position, even though he was better than the captain at that position. So it's a really, really tricky one. If you played Adi Kasavia's career out 10 times over, he probably goes down to one of our greatest open sides, six or seven of the 10. Well, there's that. Adi's playing eight, so who's playing seven? Kane or Papali? <laughs> well, they, they're playing six. They're playing six if Artie's playing seven. And do, does that bring your big man from Christchurch into the into the mix? Or like I I actually think we need to like Ethan's fit, he plays six. I think Artie will play eight, and then one of Sammy Kane will play seven. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, That's, but we well, don't have a number eight. Yeah, I know. We don't have a number eight. No. So we have to play Artie somewhere. You got Papa you got um Hoskins Satutu Akiriwani. They haven't they haven't shown enough. They've shown glimpses, but they haven't shown consistency throughout that, so we need to fill that eight. Artie will play eight, so you've got two options at the seven. Right now, Kane, Papali. What do you think? What do you think, Izzy? Because you've been there. You've stood behind them. Kane. Sam Kane. Sam Kane. Sam Kane is, is the number seven. If Artie's not available, if Artie's playing eight, Sammy Kane plays seven, and he leads our team. Well, there I you just, go. Bang. Can I just can I just want, query though, Izzy? Is that because it's slightly different? Is who do you think our premier seven is? Sam Kane. Okay. Well, I Sam reckon Kane. I reckon it's Artie Pre- Sevilla. Our our premier, our premier. Well, I just said, look, obviously Artie is very very good. Don't get me wrong. At the, at the Hurricane, he's very good in the seven position. They got Dupacique and Reefy, so we just don't see him there enough. To allow me to to go on, don't, oh, man, he is our best player in that full pack by far. I, I don't get me wrong, I totally agree with what you're saying, but he isn't playing there at the moment, so we have to pick players that are playing in that position. If Artie was playing seven, dead set hands down, no no contest, he'd be in there. He's he'd probably be kip, skippering the team potentially, but he's he's not, and Sammy Kane is playing there, so I just have to go down that that line. You know, so you know, yeah, you know, keep that debate. I know, but I'm just gonna I'm I'm gonna play like devil's advocate here, okay? So Razor comes in, mm. and he says to Artie, "You're my number seven, and you're my skipper." Mm. 
But you won't though, because he's gone. I'm, but maybe it stops him from going. Does, <laughs> no, he's not. Does it, he's going, Hank. Like, he's off. He's signed. We, me and me and Neeps had this conversation yesterday. With Scotty coming in, does it stop people from going because he actually has that conversation? Nah, he can't. He won't stop him. He, he, he's already – Richie Moang has made his decision because that's his quarterback. That's his franchise quarterback that wins him games. And he was gutted he's leaving, but he's gone. He's off. Ari Savia's off. If he was staying, 100% that'll be a seven. He loves Ari Savia. I love it. Love the debate. We've got to shoot off. We'll come back and we'll pick up uh, more after this. We've got some headlines and then we'll continue these conversations, you devil, you. Devil, you. <laughs> love it. <laughs> we'll be back soon. Here's Aroha with the news. Fuki Boaters together. We're shaping and building New Zealand. Thank you, Aroha. It's now time for some headlines with Louis. Brought to you by Bunnings. Power your business with Bunnings Trade. Power pass, Louis. Bit of a quiet week in sport, to be honest, this week. Um, the NBA playoffs haven't started. We're in the NFL off-season. A couple of storylines there. Um, we've got March Madness college basketball going on. The IPL gets underway on Saturday. Now, how about this? And this is... Baz, I'm not calling you old, but it's a long time ago, brother. 16 <laughs> editions of the IPL. This will be the 16th IPL, and I remember him blasting that 100, pretty much making all his money when he blasted that 150-odd for Kolkata all those years ago in the first ever IPL game. Imagine that, 16 years ago, and that is just an absolute spin for me. I cannot believe it's been a, more than a decade and a half of the Indian Premier League. So that's getting underway again this week, and we've got lots of our black caps over there. Of course, Masters next week, next week. cannot wait for that, and hopefully we're going to chat to Craig Perks next week. Um, players champ, obviously, he's out there as a Kiwi commentating on the golf tours at the moment. So that's exciting. And then... In the boxing realm, Anthony Joshua fights this weekend against Jermaine Franklin, a fight that might have flown under the radar, but AJ's still talking the talk. I just really look forward to getting in there. I'm so happy I'm fighting again because, as I said, looking at the champions, it's just a shambles. Like When you're trying to compete mandatories or negotiations, honestly, like I just can't believe that no fights have been made at the championship level, but I'm just so happy that I can get back to work and get on with my job, and I'm looking forward to this assignment, and I can't wait, honestly. I'm really looking forward to it. Can't wait. And he, uh, he might get a super fight against Tyson Fury because the Fury usage negotiations are still dead in the water as far as we're concerned. Bang. Love it, Louis. Thank you so much for that. We'll leave a couple of these messages. Can we not start Sam at seven? Dalton at six and Artie at eight. That is from Caleb on Sam's phone. Um, nah. <laughs> nah. <laughs> I'm only saying nah to six. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying no to Dalton at six. I think there's other players that could be included in that, even a Marino McKelly too, who hasn't been playing. He's shown signs over the last couple of years, but then you got Ethan Black at a... No, I don't like Dalton at six. But I love the debate, lads. I love the debate. And it's... And it's the, I, the question that you dig a little bit deep, the premier open side flanker in New Zealand. Artie Sevier. 
Yeah, I, I hear what you say. He's the premier forward in New Zealand, I feel. But he isn't playing open side. So that's why I kind of didn't go that down that line. If he is playing open side, he is one hands down. Our premier is out hands down. Our open side flanker. But at the moment, he's not. So that's kind of why I went down that track. I totally agree. He's our best player. But he's not playing there. So who is the next best? And for me, it's Sam Kane. Well, here's a question I'm going to ask you because you're a good bloke to ask. Who's our premier number eight? Artie Sevilla. He's playing eight. Okay, well, you can't pick Artie because he's number seven. So take Artie out of the conversation, <laughs> and he's our premier number seven. Then who is? We don't have one. We don't. We well, don't have one. Cullen Grace, if he was available, hundred percent. And he's. I, I caught up with the Crusaders. He's not too far away, too, as well. So that'll be good signs for the Crusaders. Obviously, injured his uh, injury on his um, rotator cuff, but it wasn't fractured, so he's making a, a comeback shortly, which is good to see. Cullen Grace for me could potentially be someone that could fill that void. I just think we've given too many, so many options to Hoskins and, and Akira over the last couple of years. They they are very impactful off the bench, but when you need them to have consistency and impact throughout 80 minutes, we haven't seen that. So that's why I've shied away, shied away from, from those guys. So your World Cup. I would go Cullen Grace. Yep, your World Marino Cup McKellie back three. Too. Cullen Grace, who's your number six? Ethan Blackadder. Yes, and who's your number seven? Sam Kane. Artie Sevilla. Artie Sevilla. Artie Sevilla. Yeah, but Artie what will about, play eight. What about Artie those? will play eight, Kempi. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, if we were selectors, me and you, we'd have Artie on, on the open side, we'd have Ethan on the blind side, and we'd have Cullen Grace at number eight. Now that's looking like an all-black forward pack. But, but they won't. Trust me, they won't. They'll play Sammy at seven, and they'll play Artie at eight, Ethan at six. Promise you. I'll eat my hat. You want a hat? I'll give you a hat. We'll eat it. Whoever loses, all right? What's well, a cheese cutter cheese if you go to France? Yeah. They wear cheese cutters over there. I love it. I love it. <laughs> he's, gone, he's, gone, he's gone quiet. He's gone quiet <laughs> on it, is he, Dag? Mate, what, yeah. what an absolute debate. Can you imagine being a selector and sitting in there having this, having this chat, Louis? Like... You got Cullen Grace, like no one's even mentioning. Like he is the best number eight I've seen in rugby since my school days. He's actually big, tough, and well, I'm gonna say it. He's he's one of those boys with red hair that you just love to 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 hang on the back of. And if you throw Artie Severe next to him and our uh, our mate Ethan Blackadder, mate, what a back row we got. Oh, I love when you're in this mood, Kimby. It's so good. Let us know. Give us a call if you want to have a debate. We're up for it today. It's my last show. Who cares? Love it. <laughs> Is he Quizzy Dag? Give us a call. 0800-150-811 on the Kid Outside phone line. $50 TAB bonus bet up for grabs. And if you get stuck, well, Kimby's in a mood. He'll lead you in. How good? Give us a call. Quizzy Dag, come play it. This is how we do it. Quizzy Dag, come play it. Quiz is on the line, just one at a time. Don't Google a lie, phone a friend, you'll be fine. Just listen for the signs, TAB with the prize. 50 bucks if you're wise. If you're wrong, and then we'll say goodbye. This is how we do it. 
This is how we do it. Quizzy that can play it. Quizzy that can play it. Oh eight hundred one five oh eight eleven. Now give us a call. Yes, let's rip straight into it. Brett from Huntley. Good morning to you. Ah, uh, bonjour, Monsieur uh, <laughs> Le Loch Ness Monster. <laughs> Meow. Wee oui, wee, oui. merci beaucoup. I don't, like, I, I don't like you mocking me on Twitter, please, Brett. All right, I got hey, on that actually. I got, I got paid. Ooh. I got paid. Hey, little subtle dig from you, mate. You work for the PGA, do you? All right, let's go. Brett from Huntley. Okay, let's rip straight through. Sevu Reese has been ruled out of, Super, of Rugby World Cup due to injury. What high school did Sevu attend? Uh, Hamilton Boys. Question <laughs> 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 number two. In the TV show, Ted Lasso, what animal is the mascot of Richmond FC? A cat. <laughs> <laughs> nah, get out of here. See you later, you cat. <laughs> Lemmy, part me north. Oh, okay. Morning, brothers. How are you? Morning. Good, thank you. <laughs> TV show, Ted Lasso. What animal is the mascot of Richmond FC? He's a... Uh, a dog. What sort of dog? Oh, he's a... Oh, he, uh, uh, bull mastiff. <laughs> no, not a bull mastiff, but I'll, I'll give you that. Oh, oh, we'll give him that, eh? Yeah. Yeah, we'll give him that, eh? Yeah, we'll give him that. Oh, Question number three. What year did Anthony Joshua represent England at the Olympics? Uh, 2008. <laughs> See you later, Lammy. Have a good day. Mark from Tauranga. Morning, Mark. Morning, boys. How are you? Bonjour. Very good. Bonjour. What year? What year did Anthony Joshua represent England at the Olympics? Oh, no idea, boys. 2012. 2012 is correct. <laughs> no idea. Question number four. Really? Holy <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Question number four. Central Districts have won the Ford Trophy. Who won it last year? Canterbury? <laughs> See you later, Mark. Have a good day. Simon from Auckland. Morning, Simon. Hey. Who won the Ford Trophy last year? Um, was it the Wellington Firebirds? See you later, Simon. Have a good day. Ed from Tolaga. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, send the question again, Dizzy. Who won the Ford Trophy last year? Cricket. CD won it uh, this year. Central States? Central States won it back uh, to back, I don't know. Okay. No, not, not CD. Sorry, Ed. Have a good day. Mike from Christchurch. There you go, fellas. Good, thank you. CD won the Ford Trophy this year. They didn't win it again. Who won? Oh, they did win it, but they didn't win it last year. Who won the trophy last year? Uh, was it Auckland? Auckland is correct. Question number five. Only three numbers have been retired by the Breakers. Name two players that these jerseys belong to. CJ uh, Bruden. Yep. Um, Piero Cameron? Oh. Piero Cameron is incorrect. Sorry, Mike. Have a good day. Daryl, morning. Morning, mate. Morning, uh, morning. 
Sorry, mate. Uh, I wouldn't know myself, so I'm going to have to relag on that one. Cheers, boys. Oh, have a stab. All good, mate. Have a good day. We'll go to John. Morning, John. Good, thank you. Three numbers have been retired by the breakers. Name two players that they usually belong to. CJ Bruton was one. Name one other. Dylan Boucher. Dylan Boucher is correct, Johnny boy. Well done. $50 TAB bonus bet coming your way. Good luck on the punt. And, well, stay tuned. You might get some updates of what's coming up. Love racing. From 7 o'clock this morning, uh, Izzy and Kempe for breakfast. And loveracing.nz is your home for everything thoroughbred racing. Got some thoroughbred action this weekend, boys, down at Awapuni here in uh, well, New Zealand, obviously. And then uh, Aven- Avondale, Awapuni Avondale, jeez. Avondale uh, is the support card. They've got the Group 1 Manawatu size produce stakes. As I said, Trawbriand is the $2.10 favourite yesterday. Tulsi, I know there's a bit of confidence in the Tulsi camp uh, that she can run a big race. Low flying's drawn out a little bit wide. That doesn't necessarily help her chances. Um, to catch a thief's an interesting runner there for Richie and Rogan. So there's a couple of nice ones. They're going to have to all beat Opie, though, and Trawbriand. He's the short price favourite, $2.10. That's race seven. But in race six, Kempe, Seamus, you're getting $3.50 around a horse that I reckon can win a group one next season. I think we'd be having a bet. Well, we're going to find out straight, straight out of seven whether or not we throw Seamus, Louie, into uh, the grand final this week, all the group ones, four group ones, running out of uh, Australia, and if Seamus is a chance, I think we throw that in the multi as well. But we'll find out after seven when we talk to the Sheik, Al Sharrock. Yeah, looking forward to get his take on it because he's got, he interestingly has Tavitak in the same race. Seamus has got 60 kgs, Tavitak's got 4 kgs. Is Seamus 4 kgs better than Tavitak? I probably think so, but I don't train the horse, so we have to ask the trainer. Yes, Al shakes your rock coming up. Get a little inside look to see how they're tracking. Big weekend of racing here and abroad across the ditch to Australia. While Pungal has been pulled out from the Carbine Stakes, we'll race next week. So that's all good. Take our time with our good, uh, great horse Pungal. Well, hopefully he's great. Anyway, Al shakes your rock coming up. We'll be talking horses. Here's Aloha with the news for Kubota. Together we're shaping and building New Zealand. Thursday, the 30th of March. The chains come through. He says, Is this, did he say this is the last show? Just the last show till May the 3rd. <laughs> Hope you're hoping I come back. Are you hoping I'm coming back, mate, Shane? Eh? I'm back on May the 3rd, so just going to head away, do a bit of work, and then I'll be back here on the airways. Absolutely loved our conversations throughout the 6 o'clock hour. And I'll read a couple of these messages before we get off to our next guest. Good morning, boys. At this stage, you would have to say Kane is ahead of Dalton, and the reason being is the tight forwards are going so well. Makes his job a lot easier. Also, Chiefs have played weaker sides in the comp so far. All the best for the Triple Aers. Cheers, Dave, from Karaka. Appreciate that one, Dave. And then another one from Dino. Totally agree with Kempi. If Razor had got the job 12 months ago, it would have been, uh, this would have been as loose for Trio Grace. Blackadder number six, Artie number seven, Jez, Dino. Yeah, that, that makes for a good point, eh? If, if Razor had 
have got the job earlier because the boys only signed what throughout last year towards the end of the year overseas. Whether those players would have stayed on, Richie Moonga, most likely, most likely he would have stayed on and potentially got uh, had a wee crack. Artie Savia could be debated. You know, Razor could have got us in there and persuaded him to stay. So, yeah, interesting thoughts there, Dino. Appreciate your message. Best flank, one more. best flank I've ever seen is Al Sharrock. Al Sharrock? Mate. Wow. He was a good open side flanker. He would have been a grub, absolute grub. <laughs> we'll have a little listen. We'll have a chat to him shortly. Are you having a laugh, Tony? Sam's been in outstanding form. You have to remember he did break his neck. It's going to take him a while to get back to full potential. Ethan Black at a six, Sam Kane at seven, eight. Uh, eight. Cullen Grace, Artie Savia off the bench. Artie won't go off the bench. You have to have Artie in that game throughout that. 80 minutes, but love your message there on the Temper Bed Post text machine. Keep them coming. Love the debate. It's just starting to get cold outside. The clouds are darker. And as most people look to rug up and bunker down for winter, we know one horse trainer that will just be starting to get into his work and bring the wet trackers on for winter. He's got a small but fast team at the races this weekend, including the budding star, which is Seamus Ellen Sharrock the Shake. Of course, we are talking about, and he is on the line right now. He would have just rolled out of bed. Morning <laughs> now. How are you doing? Shut it down, Izzy. I've done half a day's work while you're asleep. <laughs> I knew he was going to say that. <laughs> yeah, you got Tony you're up here, early. You? Uh, always got Tony here. <laughs> he had to, he had his, to get me out of bed. mother calls him Tony. <laughs> I told him that, Al. I told him that this morning. Only my mother calls me Tony. Mate, well, I'm starting to feel street, like his I'll mother, so I'll better call I'll him walk- Tony. <laughs> yeah, I've walked down the street with him, and people are yelling out Tony. I said, They're talking to you, really? He goes, Really? <laughs> hey, Al, obviously a big uh, weekend of racing. Seamus lugged 60 kilos again, but geez, he was str- uh, strong last time after fresh in. He'd be hard to stop and race six on Saturday, wouldn't he? Yeah, mate, his work suggests he's come through it good. Um, it's a big impost, is, but uh, he all but did it last start in the end race for two months. So um, young Sam Weatherly got a freakish ride up the inside and probably the big boy didn't even see her coming. So, um, yeah, I was proud of him, mate, but, you know, I, I nearly put him in the paddock. I'd just like to give him one more, and we've got Owen Patrick on. So that probably would help him a wee bit. If he'd have drawn out, I would have put him in the paddock. But he's drawn a reasonable marble, so we're looking to give him his last run and put him in the paddock. So so what's Tavitak's plans, Al? Um, you know, you've got him in the same race. What are you thinking? Yeah, he's, he's if he races well, they work together on Tuesday and uh, their work suggested there was nothing between them. So don't rule him out. Um, he'll possibly go to the Easter, uh, Pukekohe, if he races good on Saturday. Girls, he rides him, and uh, I've got two good hoops and two reasonable draws, so I'm in it right up to me teeth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate, it's hard to pick. When Al puts horses in, there's a reason why he's putting the horses in. He's got a front row look at these two absolutely outstanding Tavitak and Seamus. A horse like Seamus, is he a Foxbridge plate Tarzino trophy winner come September? No, Darcy Labella will be in those. Is he? he didn't really come up in the spring how I'd like him. I'm going to wait for telegraphs and Thorndon Miles for him. And, I, you know, I think he's a wait for age of course all next year. I've just uh, 
to the listeners, if you follow rugby, he's like a big green lock and he's got to grow into himself. So he's had a cushy season, four runs this year, and I'll just park him for next year. Hey, Al, talking about rugby, because you, you've got a great eye, what's your best back three trio? I said Cullen Grace, I said Artie Sevier at seven and Blackadder on, on the on the blind side. Who would you like to see on the All Blacks back three? Yeah, well, I don't think you're a mile away. Um yeah, it's, it's, it's a tricky one, Matt. But I've always thought Artie's more a seven than an eight physically, you know. He does a great job wherever he plays, but as a physical specimen, you'd say he's a seven, a roving player. Um, yeah, and, and you can't knock young Blackadder. He's tough. We need someone there that can handle a, uh, handle and hand out a bit of pain, you know what I mean? That's what our game's, that's what our game's always been about, you know, and I think we're starting to steer away from it. We've got to dominate a game, you know. But Guzzler's going we, good, is he? So um, well, he just keeps coming up like a good horse, doesn't he, really? Yeah. <laughs> he gets better with age and experience, old Guz. He ain't slowing down anytime soon. He's going to catch that yen towards the end of his career. But Sumi, race three at a nice each-way price. Yeah, it's uh, it's worked super. Um, yeah, and it, it went a nice race. They put the money on early at Wellington, and then they backed off as she drifted. Um, she was always vulnerable second up, but she was only beaten half a length. So um, I would suggest if she's not close to winning Saturday, she'd win the start after her at 1,400 metres. She's a tidy mare, and um, her work's been real good, has he? Just Ask Me, the A-Team machine producer, loves producing cash. Where's Just Ask Me at? Uh, here it's after a wee nice home. Yeah, no, he had a jump out on uh, Monday. He had one gallop going into it, so he was, he was portly as Kempy. Um, <laughs> and the girl that rode him said they felt... Did it actually jump out hundred. this time or what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he did. He did. <laughs> the girl that rode him, Crystal Lindsay, she works for Sweet Pea up north, and she said, geez, he felt good until he blew out. I said, he's like that all the time. Don't worry about that. <laughs> but like his, but like his owner, went good over 10 metres, but couldn't ha- couldn't hold on to it over the next 50. Hey, mate, what, yeah. what do you think about the crop of three-year-olds out like that, that we've got running around? You've obviously watched the races. Um, man, it was good last week, wasn't it? Yeah, they're outstanding, as good as we've had for a long, long time. When you get those three-year-olds that can go wait for age against the older horses, they stand themselves, like I was sitting there with the wolf pack on Saturday in the shed and Power S came on and I said, well, she's a good thing because she beat the older horses at County. Sharp and smart sat three wide and beat the older horses at Tarapa. They're special three-year-olds that can do that, you know. Um, and we've just got a crop of them, mate. Yeah, they're, they're just phenomenal horses. Well, mate, how's uh, everyone wants to know how Cinerama's doing with the Tarsino foal? Is she travelling okay? Yeah, mate, she's uh, she's big as a bull. She's happy and starting to change shape like they all do when they get pregnant, boys. Um, <laughs> but, uh, we've got to pick a stallion for her next year and, you know, I don't know what V Prosy is going to be, but I'm sort of leaning towards that, Kempy. Um, we got a bit of money in the bin and she deserves a crack at a good horse and he's flying that horse, so... Um, I don't think John's put up his price this year, but uh, if you know him well enough, Kimby, see if you can get a deal done. I know, okay? and, and I know you, Al. You'll get a deal done for us. I can't wait for that one. Jeez, look, Louis jumping. He's jumping off the ceiling when you said that. Um, just tell us your thoughts, Al, because this is this is a really interesting one. We we listened to Roger 
talk two days ago about Sharp and Smart drawing 17. Is that horse that good that it could like go to sleep in 17 and still win? I think he is. Yeah, I think he is. When you sit, like I just said to you boys, you sit three wide in, a, in an older weight for age race and still have the audacity to win, you've actually got a fair bit on your three-year-old opposition. So um, I think he can. Um, he's a super horse by all accounts. He's presented magnificent at the plane the other day, someone said. So, um, yeah, it'd be good to see him put his hand up. Then we've, uh, we've got the Aussies crying a bit, haven't we? <laughs> yeah, we love seeing them having a wee whinge across the ditch. Al, anything in your stable that we can get excited about in the future? Uh, I got one for the Valors. It gave it its first jump out the other day, a Piero, um, Piero filly, yeah, an Aussie bred filly, and um, it gave them a shellac, and I don't know what it beat, but it, it appears to be quite a smart filly. It's only a two-year-old. Out of a no, Riley Mir, that's all I can tell you. Um, do I own that one, Al? Who? <laughs> do do who? I own that one? Oh, who? No, no, Sir Peter owns it, and you're not going to get a share in that one, Mac. Okay. <laughs> hey, Al, just. Anything else? Just, yeah, I know where, no, I know where he's going with that one. Don't say anything, Al. Yeah, but there's a Bellardo horse that won a trial. Um, he goes pretty good. But uh, he could find himself his way to Hong Kong. But yeah, there are a couple of horses to watch. What do you, hey Al, give us your thoughts on um, Razor getting the getting the All Blacks job. I think it was a logical choice. Yeah, when you got a record that good, Mac, you should get the job, shouldn't you? He's won seven championships, isn't it? Um, he's a bit different to the old school coaches, but I think they they. They, they play for him, mate, you know, like he can have a substandard game and then when he pushes the button, he can lift them, you know. So, yeah, I, I think he's the right man for the job. Yeah, and uh, talking about the right man for, for the job, have you heard from your brother? Mate, he's got us some more money coming, so that's good. No, I'm a bit like you, Mac. We don't see him. He must be doing something. Yeah. <laughs> hey, the that... wolf back away to see him, I can tell you. But oh. he, he gets very nervous when the, the bottles come out. Apparently, he's, he's, apparently he's on an NDA, mate. He's uh, he's not allowed to discuss anything with us, the boys. So we haven't heard. <laughs> I haven't heard from you. haven't heard from him. We'll try and give him a call later on. Thanks for joining us this morning, Al. Uh, get back out in the gap, make the tea for the boys, and say hello to them all. No worries. Good to hear from you, boys. Okay. There you Cheers, go. Al. It's quite funny, eh? So his his brother's lovely Bruce Sherrick, and still no information trickling through. But he sounded excited about that new partnership with Entain Kempi, and it's good. Obviously, the big change is is some more stakes money for these for these trainers. And and as owners, you want to be able to keep your horses here. I've just become a recent owner, and you'd love to see your horse racing in New Zealand. But the stakes just don't compare. If we can get that stakes money up a little bit more. Wow, a lot more. You bring, know, it, you bring it, you bring it home. Big. You bring Punga yeah, home. You, you, yeah, you bring your horses home, and then we won't have to send our big horses over. Like you want to see them competing over in Australia against the the best that, that Australia have to offer, and getting it over the top of them is even better. But encouraging more ownership to be staying in New Zealand with our trainers, because you know you think Al Sharrock, he's got a small stable, but he's still competitive. Oh, imagine that, like a, a Al Sharrock, like he has the capacity to go further and have more, more horses in a stable? Or is that something he's not keen on, Kempe? Uh, he he actually thought about moving away a, a few years ago. We took um, 
our good horse Cowie to Perth and he, he got to see it and he thought, well, maybe I should move overseas and start training over there. But look, he's you know near on 60. He's got a really good um, stable of horses down there. He's one of the, and regarded as one of the best horsemen in New Zealand. Um, I think at his age, like he just sits back now and, and enjoys producing um, some good horses. I, I took out of that conversation, if you want to back a horse on the weekend, then go to Sumi. That's, Louis, did you take that? Did you get that little bit of info? Yeah, you can, it's an easy bet to have each way, especially more on the place at 280. Drawn wide, like, there's every chance she'll run second or third, but at 850, 280, she's a good each way bet, especially a good place bet, and then just back her again to win next start. And over ne- over the next two starts, you'll make money on Sumi. That You heard that in his voice. So this is like, you don't get too many trainers better at being honest with how appraising the chances of their horses than Alan Sharrick. You learn, no trainer lies to you, but you learn to read their in, <laughs> um, inflections in their voice and kind of read between the lines of what they're saying. Alan is very, very good at giving you a lead. And, and if you back Sumi these next two starts, this time each way, then maybe to win next start, you'll make money on it. Good work. I, I got that too, and I knew where Izzy was going with that. Don't worry, Iz. I'll give you the lead into that one, okay? <laughs> yeah. Beautiful. I love it. What's another wee selection for my seven-leg multi already? Chuck Sumi in there for a place bet. How good. Plenty going on in the weekend for racing here and abroad. We absolutely love chatting to Al Sheikh Sharok. And uh, we'll, we'll, if you missed that, head over to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on the podcast. And you can get all our podcasts throughout the week. We've had some great guests coming up. We're going to be continuing the race Conversation with Zach Butcher, The Race, Old Town Road. No chance, Zachy. But anyway, we'll love to have a little catch up with him. But before then, I've got a wee bomb squad coming up. Izzy's Bomb Squad. If the rumours are true and Ryan Fox is heading to the PGA Tour on a temporary PGA Tour card, where do we sit on it? First of all, this is every professional golfer's dream to play on the most elite golf tour on the world stage, competing for some of the biggest purses and at the most historic venues around the globe. But then a part of me thinks this is very, very contradicting move from Commissioner Jay Monaghan and the PGA Tour. Isn't this similar to the LOV coming in and swooping all the best talent from another tour, i.e. the PGA Tour? How does the DP World Tour feel about this? Isn't this a similar move? Isn't this decision just highlighting absolute ignorance from the PGA? I'm not saying I'm against it, and I know this has been on Ryan Fox's dream to play on the PGA, but I get a sense that this, if this eventuates, that this could blow up in the media, and again, Greg Norman takes another small step as the king of golf. After all this carry-on from the PGA and the subtle changes that are incurring on a daily that are pretty much mirroring what LIV and uh, has are doing and has started to paint the picture that our PGA are the dead set worried about this change. The golfing landscape is changing at a rapid knot and change is sometimes good but don't come out spraying another organisation then go about it your way making little changes which are very pretty much highlighting what other organisations have gone and done. Where do you sit on this move? Are you for it? Is it quite contradicting? Double eight, double three. Let us know this subtle change to the PGA. Ryan Fox maybe be given a temporary card on the PGA. I know they have a partnership with all the major 
tours around the globe, but it's quite contradicting, I feel. What do, where do you sit on it, Kempi? Well, it's really interesting because Louis brought that up yesterday. Um, mm. Teething problems, Louis, what do you think? Well, personally, I don't have a problem with it because I never had a problem with the players leaving to live, and I think it's a free market, and I think these players should be able to choose and pick and choose like anything where they want to play. But I completely agree that the this is, and this is, I don't know if you remember probably two months ago, Izzy, I said that the PGA Tour players and the PGA Tour are going to find themselves in a compromised position when live becomes normal. And they look back on mm. some of the things they said and did and the way they carried on, and they're yep. probably going to be ashamed and embarrassed of the, the way they acted because it will be normal. And here's a clear example of that. There's no issue with Ryan mm. Fox moving to the PGA Tour, apart from the fact yep. that they cried wolf when they lost players. Yeah, that's can, it. Can, that, that's it. Can they jump in? Can everyone jump in the same bed? That's that's my question. Like you've got you've got all these what I call them teething problems, um, but they we heard Danny Lee, like Danny Lee couldn't say a bad thing about it. Mm. You know what I mean? Like and and you shouldn't be. It's like full Gould talking about um, Joseph Sawalee. Going to rugby union, like you don't bad, I, and I have to agree with um, Trent Robinson. I have to agree, like you don't bad mouth the other sport, like you know you should be advocating the athlete, not the sport. Mm. And I think that's that's where we're heading to now. Like they've they've made their bed, and now they're gonna sleep in it. And it's like, you know, making a comeback from what they've said in the past. Yeah, it's a, it just makes for a, for an interesting future. Like there, there could have been a day a day where both organisations competed, and they both were able to, um, you know, make uh, be in the same department and, and get through it. But for what they've said, it's quite contradicting with how they're approaching a lot of their changes, and it's subtle changes in a way that isn't quite emulating it through and through but it's subtle enough that it is copying what the other organisation is doing. So, look, I, I don't begrudge Ryan Fox. That's every kid's dream to be part of the PGA uh, Tour, but you have to earn it, I feel. And he is earning it, don't get me wrong, but there's a there's a way about going for it. You've got to qualify for the PGA Tour, and I want to see him competing on it, don't get me wrong, but I just feel like... The way, yeah, what they've said in the past is just coming back to haunt them. And it's it's making LOV sit at the top now and, and sit, you know, sit up there proud with how they've gone about it. So, yeah, it's interesting times. It's interesting times. And messages coming through about that. So, come on, Izzy, what Ryan Fox is doing is not new. They've issued temporary cards in the past from Pete. Yeah, I, I get that. I get that. But it's just the conversations that they've had in the past is coming back, like you said, Louis. Like you said, oh, it's just something I thought about, and I've seen a, a bit of conversation on Twitter yesterday in regards to it. That the subtle changes are pretty similar to what the LIV are doing. Let us know double eight double three oh eight hundred one five oh eight eleven on the ten hours higher phone line. Would love to hear from you. The conversations are open. Want to hear your opinion? I totally hear what you're saying, Pete, and. Uh, couldn't disagree with you anymore. We'll continue that on. We're going to get some headlines with Louie coming up. we got Zach Butcher talking to Sulkies, the race. we got Beaver after eight, and, well, that could go anywhere. Hopefully he doesn't share too many <laughs> stories about what we're going to get up to over in France. But a big 
hour and a half ahead. So stay tuned. Here's Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together, we're shaping and building New Zealand. Thank you, Aroha. It's now time for some headlines with Louis, brought to you by Kennards Hire. Make your job easy, kennards.co.nz. Louis. Sticking with boxing, building off Anthony Joshua back in the ring this weekend, well, in another division where there's been a a hell of a lot of movement over the last wee while, Devin Haney is going to defend his undisputed crown against Ukraine's three-division world champ, Vasily Lomachenko, Saturday, May 20. So that's not too far away. In Las Vegas, this will be a hell of a fight because Devin Haney is a huge talent and obviously he's done a, a massive job. He's 29-0 at this point, but oh, Lomachenko, nobody writes him off and he's done a, a massive job building his career across multiple divisions for a long period of time. So that'll be a huge fight. That's May 20. And Carlos Olberg actually, he had a fight announced yesterday coming up in May as well. So Adesanya next weekend, then Carlos Olberg not far away. And remember Kai Cutter France told us last week that his fight is uh, his fight camp is going good as well against the 7th, I think it's the 7th ranked uh, flyweight at the moment. So plenty going on in the fight world. And back to rugby, well, he might be the best rugby player in the world, actually. And pound for pound, I'd say, definitely. Anton Dupont. Dupont, is he? Dupont <laughs> is uh, being named Six Nations Player of the Year for the third out of four years. That is a hell of an achievement for the French skipper and French number nine. And how's this? He's only 26. Oh. He's only 26. Probably going to meet him next week, actually. Going to catch up with Jerome Kiner over in Toulouse. He's obviously part of that, that outfit. Going to go for a tour around the Toulouse Stadium, the f- facilities there, and hopefully I'll get to meet Antoine Dupont. That'll be mean. Yeah, he's flying. He's on another level at the moment. He is, again, you talk about evolution in the game. He has evolved that halfback role. Aaron Smith evolved it to make it his own. Oh, he's evolved it even more with Anton Dupont, so man, he's on another level. Absolutely love it, and hopefully you can catch up with him next week. But you talked about uh, Anthony Joshua and that fight that is going to be taking place. Well, does the Battle of Britain take after that? With obviously Fury, Usyk, those conversations dying down for sort of for all sorts of reasons. Does the Battle of Britain? take place now with Anthony Joshua and Tyson Fury in that fight. Mm. I reckon reckon? reckon Fury gives, well, it's really sad, this one, like Fury beats Usyk, I reckon, Mm. with his boxing prowess. You know what I mean? So I think if he jumps in the ring with Anthony Joshua, that's the end of Anthony, Anthony Joshua's career. I reckon he gives him a lesson. Um, Anthony Joshua should stay away from Tyson Fury. He should just go <laughs> back through the ranks and get, if he can, to Usyk for a trilogy, um, which will pay him. But if he wants to jump back in the ring with Tyson Fury, and Tyson Fury sees that as his last calling, I feel really sorry for 
Anthony Joshua because he'll give him a lesson. Who is the best heavyweight on the planet at the moment? When you look at those two, Usyk and you got Fury, like who who is the best of the crop at the moment? For me, Tyson Fury. Mm. I think I think his his boxing, the skill he has as a boxer, like a purist, um, and watch boxing. You know, Muhammad Ali. He's the closest I've seen to a big man like Muhammad Ali. You know, he is not. He's not George Frazier. He's not. You know, he's not a slugger like George Foreman. Uh, he's not a, a stocky David Tour Mike Tyson. He's a big, fleet-footed boxer like Ali. And I don't care what they say, he's got a bigger mouth than Ali. By a country mile, he can actually back it up. And to go out and take the title off Vladimir um, Klitschko was no easy feat. You know what I mean? Nah. Who held that who held that heavyweight title for so long? For the gypsy to come along and do what he do what he done, and to back it up ever since that, mate, by country mile, he is the best heavyweight boxer we have seen in decades. Did you get a sense that he was a wee bit edgy on on Usyk, the cruiserweight? No, I think he was really. I think he was really confident. I think he was so, basically my take on the Usyk fighters. I'm. You're coming to my house. I'm going to give you a hiding. I want all the money, like. And that's why. Seriously, like when you're looking at it from a purist point of view, boxing, Usyk Usyk doesn't bring a crowd. Like everything that Tyson was talking about, you, he backs it up. Like he fills the stadium. You know what I mean? He fills the the media rights. People. People know that he's going to win the fight, and to, for I think for Usyk to walk away from the fight, like if he seriously thought he was going to win it, he should have fought. I think it's mm. Usyk saying, "Well, I was never going to win it. That's why I was asking for um, a rematch." That's my this take comes on down it. to feeling. Yeah, no, I agree. Oh, this comes down to feeling undervalued, and seventy thirty split was. I think it was a bit. OTT over the top. Like uh, Usyk does hold three of the bouts out of the four. And but you did right when you look at following and personalities. Everyone knows Tyson Fury and people in Ukraine and particularly boxing purists around the world know Usyk and what he's able to do. But when you want to sell out stadiums, the big mouth, the big gypsy king, he tends to do that. Absolutely love it. Cheers for those headlines. We were going to shoot off because we've got Zach Butcher coming up. We're going to have a wee chat to him. He has been in hot form in the Sulkies as of late, and he has a good old chance in the race. We're hoping not, but he has a good old chance to. Well, break our hearts coming up in a couple of weeks' time. So, Zach Butcher coming up. Yes, welcome back. Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. SCNZ, we're 15 away from 8. And after 8, we're going to catch up with Tom Abercrombie. We're talking breakers. Here's our more than an athlete for our Thursday a big part of the show and a big part of the week that I absolutely enjoy. Get an inside look to what goes on behind these athletes. Uh, we're just struggling to track down Zachy. We'll get him shortly and we'll rip into some sulky chat later on in the show. But right now, we're going to go around the grounds because there's plenty of sport happening in New Zealand and abroad. So, Louis, what do we got, bud? NRL. 
and I said it last week, and I know that tonight's going to produce one. The Thursday night game in the NRL is off its head. In Roosters, Eels tonight, and Allianz Stadium will probably do the same thing. What do you have, Izzy? What was that? Sorry again. Say it again. Roosters, Eels. Roosters, Eels. Okay. Roosters, Eels, Roosters. Roosters will win that one. Yeah. There you go. 100%. I'm, I'm, I back it too, Louis. I think what's going on Going on at uh, – it's back to the Dennis Fitzgerald days. And I don't know if you boys know Dennis Fitzgerald, but there was so much turmoil in the Parramatta Club when Dennis Fitzgerald was there. I think it's gone back to those days where the infighting between the coach and the recruitment manager is taking pe- um, precedent over their fullback and the <laughs> – they're talking about bringing um, – Preston Campbell's son to Parramatta, like the Parramatta Leagues Club, one of the richest, one of the richest NRL clubs uh, that run around at the moment. They get plenty of support, and uh, I think Louis, for me, the Sydney City Roosters on the up, and the Parramatta Eels, where they are sitting at the table at the moment, which is right down the bottom, are going to be battling all year with with uh, the stories that are coming out of that club at the moment. Okay, Rabbits were probably lucky to get past Manly. I've got the Storm this week in Sydney. What do you have, Kimpy? Uh, I think, well, I called it this year, the Storm, uh, the team that are sort of going to be struggling this year. Oh, I've got the Rabbitohs winning this one easy. Yeah, I'm with, I'm with Kimpy. Rabbitohs easy. Rabbits easy. Right, what about the Sharks Warriors come Sunday at 6 p.m.? Ooh, Nico Hines, if you guys are seen with uh, Nakota on that right edge, the the combination that he has with his back rowers and his outside backs is insane. Uh, young Volkman going to 5'8", mate, I think he's got his work cut out, and I hate to say it, I think it's a, a, a long day at the office for the Warriors on Sunday afternoon. i got the Sharks by plenty. Yeah, I'm hoping they can prove me wrong too. I'm going the Sharks. Sharks will be too too good over there at the Sire. Um, they're in hot form. Nico Hines coming back. Yeah, I think Ronald Volkman's going to get some heat and some traffic down his lane. So I'd hope they prove me wrong, but I'm going the Sharks. Let's cross codes to Super Rugby. Moana Pacifica versus Highlanders tomorrow evening, 7pm at uh, Mount Smart, the, the fortress at the moment. Hmm. Nah, I can't see Moana Pacifica. They're struggling. They are absolutely struggling. There's something not quite right there at, at the moment. They haven't even looked close to competing this year. I think the Hollanders have found some form confidence. They've probably found their combinations. When you're leaving out Shannon Frizzell, Michaeli, Tu'u, and you've got Hugh Renton playing some good rugby in, their, in the loose four trio, I think the Hollanders will be too, too good heading north. Yeah, I, and I got to follow Izzy into that. I think the Highlanders have. Uh, I got got the re, they're on the rebound and they're on the up, and uh, I think they're just going to be too good for Moana Pacifica. Chiefs Blues seven pm Saturday FMG Stadium Hamilton. My second teams. <laughs> mm. I uh, yeah I can't I can't see the see the Blues heading. I look I can see them competing, but the Chiefs at home. They're just on another level at the moment. So I'm going the Chiefs. I think they'll be too good in the end. And uh, Sean Stevenson will continue that form. Uh, it's going to be a very competitive game. But I think the Chiefs will be too good come the end of it. 
I'm actually going to go against Izzy on this one. I think the Chiefs have peaked and they're on the way down. I actually think the Blues get them. <laughs> I'd love to see it. I'd love to see it. I'd love to see it. But I don't think it'll be too hard. But anyway, love it. I- Beautiful. Couple of qu- couple of quick ones, just in a word. Crusaders, Reds, Queensland, nine pm tomorrow. Crusaders all day. Yeah, Crusaders. I feel would be too good. Noah Hotham getting a start at nine. Young kid. He's a bright future at the halfback role. So I think yeah, the Crusaders heading over. Reds very competitive sometimes, but haven't shown signs of a, of a full eighty minute consistent game. So. They'll be hurt. They lost to Melbourne last week, but I'm going Crusaders. Too good. Formula One, 5 p.m. on Sunday. Finally, the best time zone in Formula One. We get to watch it <laughs> on a Sunday in New Zealand in Melbourne. Can anybody stop Mad Max? They reckon it's the fastest car since Lewis Hamilton's peak Mercedes days. One of my one of my regrets in life, when I got the Warriors coaching job, I actually got an invite to Melbourne to go to the F1, and I turned it down. One of my biggest regrets. Verstappen hammers them at a dollar thirty-eight. Get on. <laughs> yeah, Kempi, one of my good friends is heading over too, so I'm absolutely gutted. That'll be a must-watch. I think Red Bull dominate one-two. Max Verstappen on top. Sergio Perez number two, and then battle it out for the for the third position. George Russell. I hope he gets up there, and he's been there or thereabouts in the Mercedes car. But yeah, Verstappen's through and through. I don't know if anybody knows anything about Jermaine Franklin. I know bugger all. But will Anthony Joshua delete him, or will he not in his career essentially be done? The O2 Arena, Sunday at about 11 a.m. Paid off. Knocked out. (laughs) 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 He hasn't knocked out anyone for a while now, Anthony Joshua. Take the knockout, fellas. Get on it. Okay. These doubts on his power. But uh, I think Anthony Joshua will win it. When it comes to me, I think it's going to go decision. Oh, doesn't get the knockout. Uh, and just well, because just, you're just, a, he's lacking power, lacking power. Yeah, he's like a um, bodybuilder, isn't he? He's just kind of <laughs> one of those guys. He, he's crafted, but he, you know. And is he, you're away next week, so we'll get your official pick again now. Masters next week. Oh, man, it was a while ago when I picked this, but now I've changed my tune. Colin Morikawa. <laughs> <laughs> you come back to Colin. <laughs> I love Colin, man. I, I can't steer away from him. He won me money, and I, I just always tend to think he's he's there. So Colin, if he can get that third round sorted, he starts well, then he wavers towards the third and fourth. So if he can get some consistency, I think he can win it. So Colin, for me, lads, it's the only okay. go- it's the only golf um, competition I watch from start to finish, Louis, and uh, I still can't settle on a winner. Okay, well, that's good because you're here next week and we'll get your take next week. And remember, daylight savings this week in Nepia, so don't sleep in. <laughs> Beautiful. Thank you very much. Plenty of sport over the weekend. We absolutely love it. We'll, we'll head off and we've got plenty of messages that have come through on the Temper Bed Post text machine. We'll get to those shortly. You're listening to Izzy and Kempe for breakfast on SENZ. Yes, we're a couple of minutes away from 8 o'clock. It's been a good morning, actually. We've spoke to Al Sheik Sharok, who's down at the Gap at the moment, getting Seamus and Sumi ready for a big weekend of racing. The Honestly, the racing this weekend is 
off the hook. We've got four Group 1s over in Australia. I've picked my multi. I'll maybe give it out before the uh, weekend tomorrow. We've had a good week, actually. Spoke to Nick White. Um, TJ Perenara, who uh, I didn't realise that I actually played with his father, Thomas Perenara, who was a very, very good rugby league player and uh, a decent softballer too that went away to the World Cup uh, under-19 softball with the likes of Johnny Lomax. Do you know that uh, Johnny Lomax was actually a fantastic pitcher before he went to Canberra and played front row for Canberra and went on to play for the Kiwis? So, um, yeah, a, a, a trip down memory lane with uh, that talk with TJ Perrineau. If you haven't heard that, go to uh, Izzy and Kempe, the SEN app, and click on podcasts and you'll find that conversation with TJ Pernell, which was really good. He's on his way back. He thinks he's going to be back at the end of April, um, which is great. And uh, of course, we've got plenty more coming up in the next hour. It's uh, been a fantastic show, Izzy. So far, you're heading off. You've got, ooh, what do you got? One hour left and then... <laughs> what do you? What do you, you? You like the snails, Have, mate? I knew, I've been to France a number of times. I actually didn't get there um, to eat snails. I I got there to cook some beautiful. I reckon they cook a really good steak. What do you reckon? <laughs> oh well, it's interesting to say that I'm on food and entertainment, and well, Beaver's on history, so we could be going anywhere. I'll be making <laughs> Beaver eat all sorts over the next couple of uh, next month or so while I'm away, but I'm going to miss it. I'm going to miss everyone here on the show and all of you out there listening. So, yes, Lammy, you are stuck with Kempe and those cheeky, don't get cheeky to him, Mr. Muscles, he'll be wearing singlets. So, Lammy, your calls every morning will get everyone up and about. Heaps of messages there. Absolutely, I went away for a minute, come back, it's chocker. How good is uh, Aroha with the news for Kubota? Together we're shaping and building New Zealand. Yes, Izzy and Kempe for breakfast, SENZ, just after 8 o'clock. I hope you've enjoyed the show so far. Bagara coming up. We're going to chat up, chat with Beeve later on. We're going to have Tom Abercrombie coming up. We'll just break down the season, what he's been up to, what's ahead for the future with Tom. So looking forward to that. A couple of messages coming through. A bit of golf chat, a bit of Severy Reese. All sports need big personalities, likeable characters. Ryan personifies everything a major sporting organisation could wish for. Great bloke. will have a big commentary role later in life to boot. No pun intended from Grant. Appreciate that message, uh, uh, Grant. And another one here from an unknown texter. I compare LIV and the PGA to New Zealand Rugby. Basically those who have achieved and want more money and those who have no chance of making that final step up will choose the likes of LIV to make a payday and leave. Those dedicated to the game and want to try and achieve the highest goals always stay. Till that opportunity is no longer, Foxy deserves his shot at the best tour in the world. LIV is not that. LIV is made of some of the best players from the best tour in the world and then others who need who they need to make up the numbers. Thank you so much for that message. Oh, look, oh, he definitely deserves this opportunity. But I guess uh, Louis answered that question about, well, they've made their bed with their comments earlier. earlier, And, um, yeah, it's just casting a bit of shadow and doubt over the PGA at the moment. I hope he goes and has so much success on the PGA Tour. And just one more. Good morning, boys. With Severis out, does that definitely put Sean Stevenson into the All Blacks? Also, he is moving overseas next year too. Love your work, Cam, from Bimbacargo. I, I think so. Yeah, I think he's right amongst the conversation. He has to be. You'd be silly 
if you're not missing if you're missing all that he's been able to achieve this year and last year. He was very consistent last year. Whether his position is fullback or wing, I'm heading towards more of a fullback. My personal preference. He's got a good kick on him. He's great under the high ball and he's devastating with ball in hand. So fullback is the position for me. So that Severis injury opens up a little bit of a window for someone to put their hands up. And just one more before we get off to our guest. Morning, fellas. Hopefully my ZG's 23s turn up today. Where are you going for a month, Izzy? Hopefully Razor hasn't made a mercy call to you because just like the Suwali'i situation, I can't see a GOAT Test 60 winger bomb squad member help the Saders against the Mana. Chris, no, he hasn't asked me, mate, and no chance of me making a comeback. I'll tell you that right now. I can't even walk around a golf course, let alone play and do one run so uh, i'm off to france i'm off to france on saturday for a month just go film a tv show but it's now time for this caring for our communities out of the gym and off the park working just as hard paying it forward to our next generation this is more than an athlete with izzy and kempe brought to you by tremaine real estate bringing people and property together in our communities Yes, a couple of weeks on and the achievement of the Breakers taking the NBL Finals to the dying possible minutes has still not been lost on any of us. It was a hell of a season. I Look, I've absolutely loved it around team culture, belief and that was led from within by new coach Modi Moore and their captain Tom Abercrombie. He's a good bloke, isn't he? He's more than our greatest hooper ever. He's a leader in our sports community. Of course, a father which he would have been doing a lot of since the hooter sounded. It's a good morning to Tom. Tom, I've got to say, mate, I've got to take my hat off and tip it to you. What a fantastic season. And uh, you've got to be happy with that after the last couple of years you had to go through. Yeah, yeah. Good morning, lads. Um, no, very happy. Um, obviously, it's, it's always disappointing when you get so close and um, you don't get quite over the line, but very, very happy with, what we're able to achieve this year and, and bouncing back from the last couple of years and you know a lot for us to be proud of. Have you fully decompressed what was pr- a pretty crazy season like after that final hurdle there'd be a lot of what ifs going through your mind but you, yeah like you said you'll be extremely proud. Yeah now getting there it's look it, it, it's, it's a tough one we were so close and yeah. to go to a game five and really really could have gone either way at the end there um you know, it it's, it hurts and it will hurt for a, for a while. But uh, look, if if you'd asked me at the start of the year, you know, would we be in that position? That was it was never really um, the goal. Obviously, you always hope to be on that stage um, come the end of things. But for us, it was about building that um, that culture back up and reconnecting with our fans and, and playing a, a style of basketball that people could be proud of and trying to build something at the club and. You know, we, we came a, a heck of a long way in one year, so excited that we've got a, a pretty good base to build on now. The benchmark, Tom, I'm, I'm going to say that you guys have set the, be- the the bar so high for teams such as the Warriors and, and every super team that's running around at the moment, travelling into Australia and doing what you did. What what was the difference, mate? What was the difference in those five games um, that you can put your finger on? Uh, oh, man... Um... It was a look. It was a tough series. I think we we came out in game one and able to steal that one over in Sydney, and I think we we shocked them a little bit. Uh, game two back in New Zealand is, is 
yeah, that's one that's going to hurt for a while. We had a a pretty golden opportunity there, although they were they were down on a couple of guys to to go up 2-0, and we we didn't play our best game. Um, in that game two, we sort of played not to lose instead of playing to win a little bit, and, and that one hurt. Mm. But uh, you know, a five-game series, as we learnt as we went along, is is a long, long slog, and no matter what happens in each game, it's a you know how you win or lose is kind of irrelevant and and you move on and refocus and you know we were able to was we lost game three but you know, came back in game four when everyone expected them to win and put in a you know heck of performance that, that, that game four at spark arena sold out was the best basketball environment i think i've ever been part of it was just a really special night and then you know you go to a game five it, it's it's anyone's game and we we had our chances as i said and put in a, a pretty strong performance that we can be proud of um, but just came up a little short and unfortunately someone's got to someone's got to lose in these situations and you know you never want it to be you but uh, we'll certainly learn from it mate the, the the best fans to boot the the Auckland fans they come out in droves and they support you it must be such a good feeling when you run out onto that arena and the crowd is absolutely cheering but you've been in that environment for so long the evolution of the MBL like what can you pinpoint the difference from when you started to where it is at now? I think it's such an amazing league, and it's so good to watch. Oh, it's completely night and day. You go back and watch um, <laughs> some of our games from from the early years or our championship games, and the type. I mean, you know, we we were good teams, but it was a, it was a different style back then. And uh, you know, I go back and watch some of those highlights. I'm like, man, like basketball's come a long way, and. We've come a long way as players. The, the level of general sort of talent, the, the level of talent for local players and imports, and now you've got next stars like Ryan and stuff coming through. The the level of talent playing and the level of coaching has just gone up a, a huge amount, and it's a yeah, it's obviously turning. Well, you know, I've always thought it's a it's a pretty exciting sport and league, but you know people are starting to understand that now and appreciate that, and obviously us being able to be at home and put on a product in front of our home fans. We don't take that for granted anymore. Um, so, yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's been wonderful to see how far it's come. And obviously the game is exploding here in New Zealand and Australia as well. Um, and, you know, the NBL has been at the forefront of that. Hey, Tom, everyone's, you know, some clutch, everyone's watching some clutch plays in the in the final series. Everyone's wondering, you know, Tom Abercrombie, he's getting better with age. What's what's your horizon look like? Like, you're going to be around for another 10 years? <laughs> Tell us! 400 games! <laughs> 10 years. Yeah, not, not sure about 10 years, fellas. But, um, look, I, as I said before, my, my whole sort of aim going into last season was just to enjoy my basketball again after the last couple of years. And... Um, you know, still, still be able to contribute to my team and um, contribute to winning and uh, enjoy that environment, and certainly did that this year. So, um, no, I'm a free agent at the moment, which is a, a weird position to be in. Look but, out! Um, you know, certainly, <laughs> certainly, certainly, talking to the guys at the moment, and um, you know, I think that think the plan is to try and come back. But um, you know, we'll have those discussions over the next couple of weeks, and hope we can get something sorted. You know what happens when you run the free agency, mate. The world's your oyster. Get me paid, <laughs> Mr. Tom Abercrombie. Look, Tom, obviously we know the influence you've had on the court, but off the court, mate, you've been out, you're a family man. So what does life look like for you off the court? I know you're so immense amongst the community and you do so much great work. What does life off the court look like for you? 
Uh, yeah, look, it's pretty busy, man. Like I've got I've got three little ones um, I'm sharing sort of custody with, and I've got my girl watching Peppa Pig at the moment, screaming to me while I make school lunches <laughs> while I'm talking to you guys. So I get pretty good at multitasking and doing different things. Hold on, darling, I'm just on the phone. Um, <laughs> so yeah, no, it's Love pretty it. busy. <laughs> Yeah. Put her on, Tom. Put her on. You want to speak to her? Yeah. Why not? Yeah. It's all you about to you. On the phone porter. <laughs> okay, will you be quiet then, please? Okay. Sorry, lads. Carry on. No, you're all good. You're Where all good. We? Hey, you just just life. Like we all want to be athletes forever, but that's not a reality. And you need something to fall back on. What What interests you, Tom? Um. Well, look, I've. I've Always tried to prepare myself sort of as best as possible for, for everything and doing a bit of study at the moment actually on top of everything else. So um, nice. next semester back to uni doing my um, master's in business administration and um, you know who knows what sort of the world holds for me after basketball but um, yeah, I'd love to stay involved in the sport in some degree and hopefully at the club and keep, um, keep contributing to that. So we'll see what happens. Hey Tom, you've, you've had some, you know, Andre... Andre the, the types of coaches that you've had all the way through to Modi, like, has coaching ever interested you? No. <laughs> <laughs> why? No. I don't know. I don't know why. I've just, uh, yeah, I've always been, always felt like my future lay in, in different directions and uh, coaching's not an easy life by any means. Those guys work their absolute butts off and um, you know, it's not like being a player when you're going on the road and getting to put your feet up and relax and things like that. These coaches are working non-stop and up late at night crunching video and things like that. And, um, you know, there's elements of, of that life that I could see myself doing. But um, as I said, I, I think I can see my skills being better used elsewhere. But, you know, never say never. Totally agree. Couldn't think of anything worse than being in the coaching realm and uh, having to go through that laptop watching clips and oh, all, all of the above. But mate, um, look, you've had a long, illustrious career. You've, you've achieved so much and you, you should be extremely proud of that. And it ain't over till it's over. But is there anything you'd do differently throughout your career? It's something that I get asked all the time. And I'm like, well, there are certain things I would have changed. Is there anything that springs to mind that you, you thought maybe I should have done that differently? Yeah, look, it's a, it's a tricky one. And um, I think there was, there was always opportunities earlier on in my career to sort of go over to Europe and um, explore that sort of route of my career. And uh, it was really after the, was the 2011 World Cup in, in Turkey where I um, sort of burst onto the scene and played played some really good hoops there. I was young and um, had a number of sort of opportunities at that stage, and it was a bit of a crossroads. And I obviously decided to, you know, stick at the the breakers in the NBL route and um, forge my career here, which I've obviously been more than more than happy with. And it has allowed me to have some small opportunities in Europe, sort of post season. Um, I was able to play over there for four four years in different situations, but you know, never really threw my hat and fully into that ring and, and seen, seen what could have happened. But um, it's one of those what-ifs, say, like I'm, I'm very happy with the choice that I made, mm. but um, obviously things could have gone a very different direction if I'd sort of given things a, a go over there. Um, you know, European basketball is a, 
a tough nut to crack, especially as a Kiwi without a um, European passport. You're essentially competing against Americans for import spots, and it can be pretty tough. So um, yeah, not not don't regret um, not doing that, but it was certainly one that I think about. You know, had I had I done that, um, how different would my career have been? Um, but uh, yeah, one of those what ifs. That's normal, mate. We all go through it, but just just be extremely proud of what you've been able to achieve here in New Zealand. We're, we're, as fans, we absolutely love it, seeing Tom run around. I went to a Breakers game a few years back. I've actually got a Tom Abercrombie uh, singlet that I have uh, sitting here in the, in the locker oh, yeah. there. But it doesn't fit anymore, so but that's okay. I'll have to go up <laughs> go up a wee size or two. Hey, just just quickly, mate. Look, you, you're something close to your heart. Heart Kids New Zealand. Little Heart Day. How did that come about, and can people still chip in? Uh, yeah, look, you can always always help support. It's not just, obviously, Little Heart Day is, is the one day sort of the year that they, they trumpet it and um, try and uh, gather a bit of attention. But, um, you know, they're always looking for people to come and support them. Um, my little girl has a electrical defect in her heart, which um, basically stopped when she was about, I think, 14 months old. Um, and so we were in and out of... Starship and out of the heart ward for a, for a couple of months trying to figure out what was going on with her and she's subsequently had to get a pacemaker put in at a very young age which was um, you know pretty scary but in the grand context there's some there's some kids uh, in that place and families going through some incredibly tough times um, obviously any time the, the heart's involved and you're in in hospitals and things it, it's not a nice time as a, as a parent or as a kid um, and so those guys certainly appreciate any support they can get, and it's been been an honour to be sort of involved with them um, since my time there. And uh, they do a great job, not just myself, but um, you know anyone who sort of comes through there. You're, you're part of that Heart family for life, and they do a great job of connecting with you over the years and keeping in touch. Um, so yeah, fully fully encourage people to to support that cause. Oh, you're a wonderful role model, mate. And the best thing about it is with all your success on the basketball court around New Zealand, everyone knows you, Tom Abercrombie, the basketball player. Well, at home, you're a daddy, change the channel. Oh, I'm sick of Peppa Pig. And that's the reality. It's absolutely <laughs> outstanding for you, Tom Abercrombie. Hey, mate, we appreciate you coming on the show. And whatever you do in the future, um, be extremely proud because the whole of New Zealand is, is proud of what you've been able to achieve. So all the best in that decision-making and enjoy family time, mate. Appreciate your time this morning. Awesome. Thanks, Lads. Appreciate you having me. There is Tom Abercrombie. That was our More Than an Athlete brought to you by Tremaine's, bringing people and property together in our communities. One of the all-time greats, but an absolute gentleman who uh, we, we just love it, seeing the father figure that comes through and through. And um, he's one of those, mate. Three kids. Um, you know, he's going through a little bit of adversity at home with his, with his children and their health. He's a role model, and he's... Um, Puts his kids first, which is which is great to see. Kimpy holds it all. Four hundred games. Oh, he's close. What a good. Would you have a crack at it? What a good. Oh, I think course. he's like couple of games out, isn't he? Yeah. Of course, of, course free, you, of course, you would. Free, free, a, free agent. You know that mm. is. He's. Uh, I'll tell you what. He'll be field. He'll be fielding offers left, right, and centre. But he's a. I think he's a Kiwi at heart and wants to stay here with the Breakers. Hopefully, he signs. I'd. I'd look if it's a if it's his four hundredth game, we're going. One hundred percent. I think he's played three hundred and ninety nine. I think he's like three nine nine, not out. I think it's something close to that. So that's obviously a decision he'll make um, to to come back and have another crack. Yeah, it is three hundred ninety nine games. So <laughs> I'm sure that's enough um, 
well, that's something to, to maybe push him through for another year. Get out there, play one game. All you have to do is play 30 seconds, sub me off. Come on, coach. Modi Moore, do it. We want to see him reach 400 games in the NBL for the break. It's such a good career that he has um, endured over the last wee while. Great catch up with Tom Abercrombie. I'm more than an athlete. We're going to shoot off. We'll come back and have a catch up with Paulie Mowati. You're listening to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse, the real house of fragrance. Well, it's time for our TAB catch-up bet live on your favourite sports. Download the TAB app today. Well, they call him the Izzinator. They call me the Kempinator. And they call this bloke the Mawati Anchor. Paulie Mawati, <laughs> what have you got for us this week, mate? <laughs> oh, boys. Oh, I love it, love it. Well, now let's get down to business first. <laughs> Uh, and the Warriors, because they are on a bit of a tear at the moment. They're in the top four, hoping they can stay. They've got a very, very tough matchup against the Sharks this weekend over there in the Shire. However, look, the, 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 the money has come for them in that head-to-head market against the Sharks. Um, they're still uh, uh, three fifty. the Warriors. The Sharks $1.29. Um, but there's a non-believer, because we've taken a $10,000 bet on the Sharks minus ten and a half at a dollar ninety. Mm. So, well, someone out there, not only not only do they think the Sharks are going to win, they think the Sharks are going to win by eleven or more. So they've taken the Sharks ten thousand on minus ten and a half at a dollar ninety. So there's someone out there who's not one of the faithful, and we'll, we're, uh, on Sunday night we'll find out whether they're right or whether the faithful get another return, another big return <laughs> with the Warriors playing three fifty up against the Cronulla Sharks. In uh, Super Rugby, it's funny, the um, the match of the round, the Chiefs-Blues game, we must have taken a wee bit of money on the Blues overnight because they're almost starting to, uh, they're 50-50 in terms of the amount of support we've had for both sides. The Chiefs are still $1.77, the Blues $2.10, but they are, there's an equal, almost an equal amount of support for both teams at the moment. So some money has come for the Blues overnight. They're $2.10 to win that. The Chiefs, $1.77. But the big movers uh, for this weekend in Super Rugby are the Fijian Drua. They were $1.90 when we opened up this uh, book earlier this week. They're now into $1.67, and the Rebels have drifted out to $2.20. That's on the back of the amount of cash that we've seen for the Fijian Drua, and I can understand why. I I think in Fiji... Um, look, they get a bigger boost from playing in Fiji than, say, the Brumbies get a boost from playing in Canberra. You know, there's a certain amount of home field, home ground sort of support advantage. I think it's it's multiplied twice, three times, four times when it comes to the drawer. So when they're in Fiji, I'm not sure the bookies factor that in enough. And the punters have identified that. They've jumped on the drawer now into a dollar sixty-seven. The rebels out to two dollars and twenty cents. And you called me the anchor. Well, I think I might have find, found one for you at Winton Harness today, race nine, last race on the card. Look, there's plenty of action on the uh, favourite, trained by Regan Todd, driven by Craig Mitchell, number nine, treacherous gal, four dollars into two twenty. But there's also been some interesting money. On number four, Lone Wolf out of the Brent and Tim White stable. Sarah O'Reilly will be driving. Uh, 
solid at five dollars. But yeah, I just wanted to, just wanted to let Izzy know there's been some interesting money around Lone Wolf in the last race at Winton Harness today. Look at you, full of confidence. Comes on the show, tips one out yesterday, gets the job done. He's feeling zantabulous, isn't he, Paulie Moali? <laughs> and listen to it. <laughs> you got you got to make hay while the sun shines, is he? It doesn't shine too often around me. I'll tell you what you've you've Beautiful. got a, you've got a month to let that sun shine in. Okay, you've got a month as he's going today. He's heading up to the south of France, and when he comes back, Paulie Moati, the anchor. We want to hear a song, mate. We want to hear a song about Izzy's trip up <laughs> up to the, uh, the south <laughs> well, of France. Well, as we know. When he gets on the plane, he always turns left, so uh, I'm sure it'll be a pleasant flight for him. Uh, don't forget, it's the Australian Derby uh, to, on Saturday, and uh, funnily enough, there's a Kiwi favourite there, Sharp and Smart, $3.60, uh, ridden by Hugh Bowman, uh, and another Kiwi, Mark Twain, on the third line of betting. Uh, he's $8, Mark Twain out of the James Wellwood stable. So plenty of Kiwi action over the other side of the ditch. And, of course, it's Manatu Size Produce Day on Saturday as well up at Awapuni. Hope to see you there, Kempi. Yeah, boost them all for us, Paulie. That's your job. Watch and bet <laughs> live on your favourite sports and racing at tab.co.nz. Please gamble responsibly, R18. Uh, if you've got a winner for us, please text it into double eight double three, or even give us a call, 0800 to tell us your best on the weekend. We're going to cruise now. Here's Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building New Zealand. <laughs> Thank you, Aroha. It's now time for some headlines from Louis, brought to you by Gull, fueling your mission. Pop into your local for some good value fuel. Visit gull.nz. Louis. When you see the Highlanders play this weekend, boys, you might see some very shiny domes because the boys in the four-pack are rallying around uh, who's turned into a store of Otago rugby, Josh Dixon, over the last few while after his younger brother, Sam, was diagnosed with cancer very recently. It's been a really sad period for the Dixon Farno, and uh, I know it would have connected deeply with the Highlanders players. They're such a tight-knit group down there, as you know, Izzy, down the bottom of the country, and really care about one another. So the uh, members of the squad are going to shave off their hair. Uh, well, they already have, actually, because it's Thursday. They were doing it yesterday afternoon. So they've shaved off their hair, and um, you'll see that when they play tomorrow against Moana Pacifica. It's a, a nice gesture. And, and Josh Dixon, by the way, has turned into a hell of a lock. And he's never been that far away from getting a, you know, one or two more injuries in a World Cup year. There's stranger things than seeing Josh Dixon included into an all-black squad. Um, he's a, been a, a really good servant for rugby in that part of the world. And yeah, this is a crazy story. I heard in Aroha's news, but it's FIFA, so I guess we shouldn't be surprised. The junior all-whites, they're going to have to head not to Indonesia, they've lost their hosting rights for May's Under-20 World Cup. So that's crazy. They cancelled the draw ceremony last Friday, and this is all after the governor of Bali, Wayang Costa, refused to host Israel representatives. So, geez, just when you think you've got the geopolitical situation of <laughs> football and globe figured out, that is bizarre. 
crazy. <laughs> like seriously, <laughs> seriously, when you when you're talking football and you mention that, Louis, I'm in my head. My head's going. Not surprised. Yeah, it's not this. You're right because <laughs> you're you're right because of all the sports, but like that is crazy to strip a World Cup because. I mean, how did they get the World Cup in the first place if they were going to act like this? <laughs> it's, well, I think we all know why. But it's um, it's just, it's unlike anything else, the governance of football. FIFA, uh, well, they're on their own, in their own universe, and they just don't really care. <laughs> first class. They all are. They all are. When you're in the governance role, they're all on another planet, another dynamic. Thank you, Louis. Appreciate that. And, uh, yeah, shout-out to, to the Dixon family. Show of solidarity there for the Highlanders. Tough time. Cancer. Oh, the C word. Absolutely hate it. Um, so I can imagine at a young age how they are feeling. So, yeah, our show of support and love for you and all your family, Josh Dixon and Sam. Stay strong. Kia kaha, young fella. Kia kaha. Um, and just quickly, the uh, we're having a lot of troubles down there in Napier with our frequencies. Um, just tough with the with the struggle of the recovery from the storms and the cyclone. We'll do our best to get it up on the airways shortly, but just emphasising that the app is available, the SCN app. You can download that and you can listen to us throughout the morning live on the SCN app. So if you are... One of those that listen through the old school frequency, that's okay, but there's another option out there. So make sure you download that app and uh, you can get all of our show live on the app and you can get all the podcasts and everything above. So go check it out. If you're one of those that haven't downloaded it yet, go check it out. You'll be uh, surprised with how good it is. And uh, just a couple of messages coming through, lads, just quickly before we get off to Beef. Talking bodybuilders, boys. Did you see the doco last night on WWF Legends on the Duke channel? Last night was the story of the Ultimate Warrior. I remember that Royal Rumble back in the day with the British Bulldogs. Such a good watch. Ex-bodybuilder who joined the WWF and rose to be the world champion by beating Hulk Hogan instead of being the next big thing. He only held his title for a year. And after that, his life went downhill with drugs and fallouts with Vince McMahon and other wrestlers. It was very interesting, as all the other stories each week. Very good viewing. Cheers, Charlie. I haven't watched that, Charlie. I love my wrestling back in the day. Mankind, Undertaker, Kane. Uh, what was it? Um, um, oh, Bret Hart. What is it? Swinchum Music. The, the little, oh, man, there's some stars back in the day. The Bushwhackers, the Kiwis that... Well, never got a win in the end, but they were from New Zealand, so we love supporting them. Some absolute champions out there, but I'll go watch that, Charlie. Thank you so much for that little insight. We'll go have a look at that for sure. And just quickly, Izzy and Kempe, question for you both. Which product have you enjoyed watching more this season, Super Rugby or NRL, Lockie, Christchurch? Kempe? Well, I know, you I know that you love the NRL, and that's what you've enjoyed watching. I'm the same. I love the NRL too. <laughs> I like watching Super Rugby derbies, the competitive games, the big games, and that's sad because I love watching all of the NRL, and that says something. So, yeah, I'm a bit of both, but all of the NRL games are beauties. They're great, such a great watch, whereas you get the old one over the weekend. But in saying that, I watched them both. All picky, love watching Super Rugby All Picky and the women's game. I think it's come a long way. It's such a good watch. So thank you so much for that question. And uh, if you've got anything, double eight double three Temper Bed Post text machine 0800 150 on the Kennard's Hire phone line. We're going to shoot away and come back with Beef. Stay tuned because this could go anywhere. 
Yes, good tune to end the show on a Thursday. We were talking off here about wrestling. Man, there were some champions, old school legends back in the day. Sweet Chin Music, Shawn Michaels. Oh, one of the all-time greats. Sting. Oh, plenty of names come coming back. But, Louis, we're trying to track down Beaver. Why is he not answering his phone, mate? Well, <laughs> he's asked me yesterday to text him and remind him, so I've done that. And then he said, sweet, I'm just on the blower with the insurance company, so hopefully I'm off soon. <laughs> and I said, smart. Sorting out premium travel insurance in case you really get loose in Bordeaux. And he said, ha ha, no one's prepared to underwrite that policy. <laughs> so maybe he's a well, little bit worried about how, how dangerous and how treacherous this trip's going to be and he's really just trying to nail maybe down we the should get, and Maybe we should get Daisy on. No, no, no. Enough of that, Kempi. Enough of that. She's busy inside. We don't, we don't want to... We don't want to wind her up anymore, mate. It is work, okay? I'm going for work. It's not all play over there in the south of France. I know exactly what Beaver's doing. Well, we got told to get public liability sorted for us because we are liabilities in the public. Biz cover. And, well, that could that could go pear shape. Yeah, biz cover. 100%. Can you sort me out, please? Phone biz cover up and get your, get your liability. They're great with it. And I've, got, I've got liability with biz cover, so get on there. Yeah, okay, well there you go, got to go sort it out because anything can go on this trip But look lads, I'm excited, I'm looking forward to it, it's going to be a, a good old trip But look, honestly, I'm leaving the kids, I've, I've kept the kids home today So I'm going to have a good day with them and uh, spend some time with them It sounds all good and gravy, but it's going to be pretty busy over there filming I'm excited, I've never really travelled around the south of France No, I'm with the one into? and only beef So we fly, we fly party, through party. Dubai <laughs> Dubai, Paris, go to Paris, and then train to Toulouse, and that's where we start our our little journey in a a little rental car. I've been on that train to Toulouse, Um, Izzy. Mate, you go go that fast, the cars look like they're sitting still when you go past them on the motorway. Yeah, we're going on the overnighter. Yeah, it's a honestly, it, it is so comfortable. Um, a great trip down there to Toulouse, a great spot if you haven't been there before. Um, where you're going down there, the south of France, it's a great spot. Great, uh, great spot. You'll absolutely enjoy it. I was going to ask you. There's a one of the things that um, was said before when you spoke to El Sharik, and we we just brushed over it. Just ask me. He's been back for a month in training. What do you reckon, boys? Are we on? <laughs> well, you tell us. Are we on? What, what do you mean? Like, are we are we giving just us me another tickle this this uh, this winter? He's what gonna, race? He's going to be carrying plenty, as we know, because he's rated highly. <laughs> but are we going to back that good thing or not? Well, let us know, Kempi. I don't know. I'll I need to see you. You got the inside scoop. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Well, you know what? Just ask me. It doesn't really. Ma- it doesn't really matter because you know he's going to be carrying top weight. It's like, do you trust him? He's coming back. He's older. Al's got him going. Is that around his puku? <laughs> he's portly lad, like Alan said. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, I'm on. That boy has oh. never let me down. Oh, there you go. Just ask me. Just ask Uncle Kempe. Well, look, if you give us a little lead and give us a little bit of something, we'll follow you in for sure. Kempe, absolutely love it. Absolutely love it. 
plenty of racing coming up over the weekend. Uh, a few <laughs> messages here. Morning, lads. Old mate Beavers is hanging out. Word on the street is driving a golf cart around, handing out free beer yesterday. All the best, Steve-O. Well, Steve-O, if he's like that, I'm not surprised. He's got excited. Might be beer. Tent. Nah, won't be grins. beer. Grins. <laughs> yep, turn right. <laughs> Always turn right, lads. Anyway, that's enough of my trip. I can't wait to get back. May the 3rd will be back on the airways. We'll leave the house for you, lads. Enjoy. I've really enjoyed it. And, uh, well, the 10 minutes to go on the show, I'm going to check out early. Not. We're going to shoot away. We'll come back with Smith. Goodbye, my lover. Goodbye, my friend. You have been the one. You have been the one for me. Goodbye, my lover. Goodbye. Oh, good boy is. <laughs> oh, keep you making me emotional now. I know, I know. I'm not speaking. I'll, I'll be back. I'll be back soon. I'll be back soon, team. I've absolutely loved it. And um, just a wee little break, go off and do some mahi and then, then come back and, and rip into it. You'll be right, Kimpy. You're a big boy. <laughs> yep, the big boys. Probably, probably. I should be a smaller boy, but um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mate, have fun. Honestly, nah, you go away and you absolutely enjoy yourself down there. Make sure you catch up with our mate Ridgie. All right, I'm going to send you his number. Um, make sure that. you uh, just. That'll be an episode. I'll tell you what, and make sure you record it so we you can send that back to me and Louie, and we can play that on our show because that will be an episode in itself. <laughs> oh, I love it, love it. I will, I'll go and enjoy myself, and I'll be back shortly. But we'll head over to the Hawks Bay with Ian Smith. Smithy, how you doing, bud? Yeah, good. Uh, Zima, you going to France, yeah? Yeah, just heading over on Saturday for for a month, just going film a TV show. Oh, nice, nice. Okay, mm-hmm. um, Higher West is there. Um, he's at Toulon, so good Hawks Bay catch up might be yes. on. Um, might be on the cards there. So uh, he's finishing off his uh, last season with Toulon and then going back to La Rochelle. So uh, there you go. So there's a little Hawks Bay connection that you might want to make. But, well, there, travel well, mate. Bon, bon, bon voyage is uh, my five years of French at school taught me. Bon voyage. <laughs> nice. Hey, Smithy. I, Something bon. I had, a chat, I had a chat to Cam George yesterday. The tickets are coming. Tickets? I don't want tickets, mate. I want passes. I want tickets. He did say he's going to throw in a, a, a mince and cheese pie as well. <laughs> oh, that's great. Actually, I'll tell you what I do. They do do a good pie at uh, McLean Park, so I'll settle for the tickets and a pie as opposed to the corporate hospitality. There you go. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> Fantastic. Beautiful, oh, Smithy. Hey, um, yeah, Smithy, so what, what do you got coming up in your show, mate? You have a big show ahead, oh. no doubt. Actually, we're going to talk to Mealy Kerr very shortly. Now, Mealy uh, Kerr nice. played for the Mumbai Indians in the inaugural women's uh, IPL, and they won it. So, uh, And, of course, she just won the uh, Debbie Hockley medal. Uh, Gordon Badger Simpson, the old Badger. Uh, I used to watch the Badger play for uh, North Harbour, North Shore, and then, he, of course, he played for Wellington. Uh, and then played for Scotland, uh, loose forward, uh, Gordon Simpson. So we'll talk to him about the Hurricanes. Jared Kenny about the Bayhawks as well. So uh, looking like they've made some great signings, uh, Izzy. So uh, that's it. And David Moffat, we're going to uh, just dwell a wee bit on uh, David Moffat's interview yesterday on New Zealand rugby and where it's at. Have a great trip, mate. That's the main thing. Stay safe. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you very much, Smithy. And thanks to everyone. 
for, for the week. Last couple of months, been outstanding. I'm only going for a wee bit. I'll be back shortly, and uh, no doubt the team will hold the fort down. You're doing an outstanding job. Appreciate all your work you're doing behind the, the closed doors and behind on the work, on the camera, on, on the run sheets and everything producing the show. It's been an absolute blast. My phone's my phone will always be on if you want to have a wee catch-up. Um, what is it? It'll be night time over there, so maybe not. Maybe we'll pass on there and do some pre-records. <laughs> but anyway, that's enough of that. Stay tuned because Ian Smith is coming up and no doubt he'll be keeping you entertained for the next three hours. Take care. Look after yourselves. I'm going to miss you.